0: Welcome back to City on the Edge, the podcast where we tell Albuquerque stories. And man, do we have a great one for you today. Anyone who's seen the classic film A Christmas Story has heard of the Red Ryder BB gun with a compass in the stock and this thing which tells time. But how many of you know that Albuquerque was home to Red Ryder's creator, Fred Harmon, and that there was a theme park dedicated to Red Ryder's native sidekick, Little Beaver, right at the entrance to Tijeras Canyon? Today, we're going to be talking about Red Ryder, Fred Harmon, and Little Beaver Town with local historian Roland Pentilla and the man who performed as Little Beaver himself at the theme park, Troy Vicente. Not only that, but Fred Harmon's grandson, Rick Harmon, drops by as a surprise guest. Okay, so we are here today with, uh, with Roland Pentilla. And Troy Vicente, am I saying that name correctly? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and we're going to be talking about the life and times of, uh, of Little Beaver and the rise and fall of Albuquerque's own Little Beaver Town. Um, and I would just like to start with a... Uh, if, if you head out east on uh, Central Avenue and you start going into Tijeras Canyon, there's an Albuquerque open space area called... I believe it's called Little Beaver Town Open Space, um, and that is the site that we're talking about. So you can actually go and visit this site. But okay, uh, Roland, why don't we uh, start with? Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and um, and who you are and and how you've become interested in Albuquerque history?
1: Sure, um, I was a civil engineer for my career. Graduated from Cal State Long Beach in California. Moved to uh, New Mexico in 1999 and. Um, Pretty much stayed a civil engineer until I retired in 2014, and that's when I got interested in history, uh, and I jumped in with both feet. Um, what really got me interested in Little Beaver Town was uh, I watched the Christmas Story on TV, and you know it it's, plays every uh, year in a in a continuous loop, I yeah. think, for 24 hours, and I had mostly ignored it, but this year I this last past year. I watched it with uh, particular intent and saw the Red Rider BB gun, and I thought, "Well, Red Rider, some, something's about that," and uh, that led me down the rabbit hole that brought me to Little Beaver Town.
0: And did you have any idea that there was a, uh, an Albuquerque connection to Red Ry- Rider at all?
1: Not really. Not. Oh. But when I did find out that, when I found out that Red Rider had been drawn by Fred Harmon, who lived in the Southeast Heights on Morningside southeast uh, that really uh, nailed it for me because right. that was a couple of blocks away from my house.
0: And Troy uh, let's uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and, and tell us your connection to Little Beaver Town.
2: Okay uh, yeah my name is Troy Vicente and I'm uh, a member of the Hickory Apache Nation tribe in North Central New Mexico and uh, of course uh, my life goes back to being a Little Beaver playing the part of the Little Beaver. Back to 1956 is when I was first uh, got wow. uh, the position and the job as the, to play the live portrait of uh, Little Beaver because of Fred Harmon, wow. and of course Fred Harmon was a, a very well known individual from uh, South uh, South uh, Colorado and uh, and uh, Hickory Apache uh, people he used to go up there to his ranch and visit him, okay. and so that's how a lot of us people got to know Mr. Harmon. Now we're going to have to kind of set the stage
0: a little bit here. With uh, so everybody knows the Christmas story and the Red Rider BB gun, um, but what I never realized, and maybe I just didn't think that Red Rider was a real cultural phenomenon, but it is actually like a huge deal. There were comic books, uh, movies, serials, uh, like movie serials, and so forth. Um, so maybe uh, Roland, you can tell us a little bit about. Uh, what Red Rider was, and what the uh, what the Albuquerque connection with the pop culture phenomenon of Red Rider was.
1: Red Rider kind of kicked off in 1938. Um, Fred Harmon actually was born in 1902 and um, started working as a uh, animator, or not an animator, but a um, a drawer in a Kansas City paper. And uh, as such, he was a contemporary of Walt Disney. And so Walt Disney and Fred Harmon actually went into business uh, at first doing some animation. Fred learned that he didn't like animation, um, but Fred's two older, younger brothers uh, joined forces with Walt Disney, moved to um, California, and the Harmon brothers became very big in animation. Um, They have their own histories. Uh, But Fred uh, started drawing the Red Ryder Little Beaver cartoons in about 1939. Uh, He had them syndicated in uh, 750 newspapers and is today still the most popular syndicated comic strip in history.
3: Really? More than like Garfield, or yeah, <laughs> amazing. They
1: they figured that um, that the Red Rider comic strips had over forty million viewers. That's wow. amazing.
0: So it's, uh, Red Rider was a cowboy. First of all, this is um, so. Was he? Ca- what do we know about Red Rider? He was kind well, of a.
1: Actually, Red Rider was very much based on Fred Harmon himself. Fred Harmon, at the age of six months was moved by his family to a ranch, uh, a sharecropper's ranch, really, near Pagosa Springs. And so he grew up as a cowboy. I mean, all of this stuff was not fake. Uh, He was actually talking about experiences that he had had himself. He was red-haired, Red Rider was red-haired. He had a black horse named Thunder, so did Red Rider. Um, And so he more or less modeled Red Rider after himself.
0: He just drew a comic book about the life he wished he had.
1: <laughs> or, well, I'm sure there were there were a lot of stagecoach robberies and <laughs> gold mine um, blow-ups and things like that that I'm sure he didn't experience personally. But um, it was a standard Wild West kind of a cowboy comic strip.
0: And, Troy, you're the expert on Little Beaver. So tell us who Little Beaver was. Well, uh,
2: from what uh, Fred uh, uh, he drew... drew at, at first he was uh, i think he was called the uh, Bronco healer or something like that before Red Rider okay. on the comic strips mm-hmm. that was that was the name of the cowboy and so later on as he drew i guess he uh, decided to change the name of that cowboy to red rider and through his drawings and everything else and he supposedly rode throughout the west and uh, fought bank robberies and all this kind of stuff and uh, and he came to uh, the Navajo village in uh, on a Navajo reservation and found a little Indian boy. So, like so an orphan he, child. Yeah. Like, okay. So, he, so he kind of got that idea of getting that little Indian boy to be a partner sidekick of Red Rider. Okay. So that's how that little beaver got into the Red Rider comic strips.
1: Okay. In fact, in the very first episode of Red Rider, it introduces little beaver. Red Rider is going to visit Little Beaver's father, who's um, riding a Bronc at the time, and the Bronc throws him, and he lands uh, badly and and dies from his injuries. And so Red Rider uh, immediately says, Little Beaver, you can stay with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, that was back in the days when you didn't worry about adoption papers. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that Red Rider was Motivated was because there was a villain in all of the Red Rider uh, cartoons and comics, um, and he was worried that the villain would somehow get control over Little Beaver.
3: Uh, When you say first episode, was it was it serialized like in a filmed version also, or was it just just comics?
1: No, film came much later. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. These the the first incident of Red Rider was in a comic. Called the Crackajack Funnies, and he was just one character in that uh, Jack Funnies. Um, and but it was so popular, he Dell Comic put out the first Red Rider. The entire book was Red Rider. That magazine or that comic right now uh, can be purchased on eBay for about seven hundred fifty to thousand dollars, wow. depending on condition.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've actually just been joined by a, another gentleman who's just uh, come in. If you want to come up and maybe grab a, can I lean into a mic and, and um, introduce yourself, that'd be fantastic.
4: <coughs> well, my name is Rick Harmon. I'm actually the grandson of Red Harmon. Oh my gosh, wow. that's amazing. So nice Thanks to meet you. Thanks for joining us.
0: <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so we this, um, this is uh, turning into... Quite an yeah. all-star uh, lineup we've, we've got. We've never going had
5: on so here. many <laughs> celebrities on. Thank you.
0: Okay, so obviously uh, Red Ryder um, was popular enough to kind of echo through to the present day. Uh, we know he had uh, comic books and comic strips. I assume, so you said he was in different newspapers and he was the highest syndicated. Uh, and then that led into movies. Is that correct?
1: Well, uh, there were there were many movies. In fact, uh, I've got a. Three different actors portrayed Red Rider in a series of movies. Uh, Alan Lane was Red Rider, a gentleman named Wild Bill Elliott was Red Rider, and Jim Bannon was Red Rider. Hmm. And I believe all told, there were something like 40 full length movies made of Red That's Rider. Oh! <laughs> and and a, here's, here's an interesting fact um, one of the little beavers in the movies. Was uh, the current or a a later bad boy? <laughs> uh, let's see if I can get him here. <laughs>
2: He's talking about Robert, Robert Blake. Blake. Robert Blake. Oh, Robert
1: Blake actually no. was Little Beaver for 23 times in various movies.
3: Later to be a very terrifying figure in the movie Lost Highway <laughs> yes, and yes. maybe murder his wife, right? I mean, Yes. Yeah. Whoa. So <laughs>
0: this crazy. wasn't just some strange little like footnotes. This, this was a, a bona fide cultural phenomenon, right, like back in back in the 30s and 40s, I guess?
1: In fact, there was a radio serial of Red Rider, and the radio serial had more listeners uh, and better uh, commercial revenue than the Long Ranger.
0: Wow. And okay. I
1: grew up being a big fan of Long Ranger sure. and Wild Bill Hickok yep. um, and uh, Hopalong Cassidy, and so um, Red Rider was big big deal. So what's the Albuquerque connection? Well, it's Fred Harmon. Okay. Fred Harmon really loved Pagosa Springs, and and he considered that his home since his parents had moved him there when he was a baby. Um, and so when all of this phenomenon of comics and car and um, comic strips and and uh, comic books came about, uh, he started to have daily deadlines and. Um, Pogosa Springs would get snowed in often. And the airport up there uh, back in the day was not as good as it is now, and it wasn't really an all-weather field. And so he came to Albuquerque during the winter, and then he went back to Pogosa Springs in the spring and summer.
0: Because of the Uh, airport here? Yeah,
1: mostly it was the airport here and the access to... Because at that time, he had to send his... Drafts of these comic strips to New York by a plane. Wow. And uh, so they had to... Literally, he was doing this almost daily, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so they would... He'd finish them and send them off to the airport and they'd go to New York.
0: So um, how did you get involved in Fred Harmon, uh, Red Rider,
2: Little Beaver? How, how did you become Little Beaver, Troy? Um, yeah, that... Uh, like I said earlier that... Uh, uh, a lot of the Hickory of people used to go up and visit him at the ranch all the time, and uh, so my family was no different. They went up there, and uh, ever since I was a little baby, I was still wrapped in the in the cloth and everything else. And they took me up there, and I had a picture taken with Fred Harmon holding me. And he told my mother one day, he says, "This little boy right here is going to be a little beaver." Oh my gosh! Wow! And it didn't take that long after that that I we kept going up there to see him and. and Lo and behold, you know, I mean, I guess it's just my personality and the way I talked and the way I got along with a lot of other kids that he got very interested in me and everything. And so one day he just decided to go look for a little beaver. <laughs> so he, he, he came all the way back down to the Hickory Reservation there and uh, looked for me. And and it was just, uh, lo and behold, that the uh, it was in, Mar- in May, the end of May, in June, because Red Rider Roundup was coming up in July 4th. So, what is Red Rider Roundup? Uh, that's the uh, it's like a rodeo and parade that they have right there annually. Okay. In Pagosa Springs, Colorado, and which is going to be taking place tomorrow.
3: Oh no kidding! They're still yes. doing these?
2: Yes. Excuse me.
1: They're still doing the Red Rider. Yes, still up
2: there. Yes, it's still up there yet. What
1: is it? 60, 70 years old yeah, now? Yeah, something like that. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: anyway, that's how I got involved with it. And so th- th- he just came by and told my mother and father, I need little beaver. So you were part so, of the roundup. Yes, sir. So that, what I, did I, that entail? What, what did that involve? That That's going through the parade and okay. also meeting, the greeting all the people. Mm-hmm. Also rode in the, the grand entry at the rodeo. Mm-hmm. And then after the rodeo, we sat in among the crowd, and, and people got to take pictures with us and all of that. And, you know, it just kind of like a—and they had a big barbecue down in the— in the town plaza down there. So we went down there as special guests. And from there on, everything just started taking place, and we started getting a lot of uh, publicity, and we started traveling. Okay. And representing, you know, Red Rider and Little Beaver throughout the country. Like different parades and and things? Yes, yes. And then uh, then one year in uh, Pueblo, Colorado, which is the uh, state fair up there, and we were special guests throughout the parade there, and they— and then of course they had a big old, uh, uh, big dinner and stuff like that, and a conference and stuff like that. And they, then and, and the state of Colorado honored us with a, a Sertoma award. Okay, that's for uh, what do you call it? The, uh, the uh, public service. Yes, public service type thing award, and we because we represented Colorado in tourism.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, and also did, uh, during any of these performances, did you do your uh, hoop dance?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, Troy. No, I, Troy is an expert hoop dancer. I'm not sure he is now, but <laughs> <laughs> tell us about I, uh, that. So,
0: what is what is a hoop dance?
2: A hoop dance is uh, uh, created by the uh, the, uh, the Oklahoma tribe and also Taos people, and all it is is a, a willow circle. that's made out of willow, and then we perform with it, and we go through it and dance and stuff like that. While my dad used to sing a lot. Oh. So he's the one that got me into hoop dancing when I was just a young boy. And uh, I grew up in a uh, sheep camp. Sheep camp? And so, camp. yeah, you know, we used to have my father had sheep. Okay. So we used to live out there in the country, and, and I used to herd, be a herd sheep herder, and in the evening during the time, we had a lot of time, so around the campfire, I used to practice my hoop dancing. <laughs> and lo and behold, I didn't know it was going to be a part of my life, too. As I uh, got a little older and a little older, and before I know it, I became a champion hoop dancer. Wow! And, and and that's very, very unique because there wasn't too many people in northern New Mexico that were champion hoop dancers. Okay. The a lot of the uh, hoop dancers were mo- mostly like within the Navajo people, the the Taos people, and the uh, people from Oklahoma. And so, but uh, I was one of those few that got real good at it, and. Oh, uh, you know, thanks to my dad. And that's you would great. perform that as part of... Yes, uh, the little and then Beaver. I would... I put that in with some of our act with Red Rider, you know, and we did our interviews and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. I, as a matter of fact, too, I, I did it over on... Uh, I think it was ABC or NBC in New York, live. Oh, really? On, on, oh, wow. on national TV. When was that? Do you remember This was back in 58, I believe it was. Oh, 58, somewhere in there. Anyway, that's... Uh, they, uh, the funny thing about it was that I didn't have anybody to sing for me, so Red Ryder had to beat the Tom Tom for me. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. I did my Fred performance. Fred Harmon did. Yes. Damn, I, I did my performance right live on uh, national TV. Were yeah. you nervous? Uh, uh, kind of in a bit, yes. Yeah. I, was, uh, I really didn't understand what TV was all about. You know I mean? Uh, so, But... It's pretty early days. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, it, it turned out real
1: nice. Yes. Well, and it's interesting to me also the connections because um, Fred's only son, Fred Harmon the uh, third, who is Ricky's stepfather, um, is the or was a CBS television executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in charge of their engineering for the New York area, so he did national television engineering for them. And did that for his most of his career. Wow, very cool.
0: So let's talk about uh, Little Beaver Town. What? What? Um, how did we go from Red Rider and Little Beaver to the actual in the, uh, the in the real world Little Beaver Town theme park in Albuquerque, New Mexico?
1: Well, um, it's really two people: uh, a guy named Howard Hall and Ernie or Ernest Sudren. And they were both uh, career employees of Standard Oil and uh, had finished their careers here in Albuquerque. They were ready to retire um, from age, but they didn't want to give up doing something. Uh, Howard Hall got this idea of a Old West theme park that could be here in Albuquerque, you know, uh, out in the West. And that would rival Disneyland or Knott's Berry Farm. And so uh, he got that idea in, in 1957 or 58. And um, he, uh, he started to gather together people that had a common um, assistance or a, uh, that all agreed with him. And they agreed uh, to put together a stock option. So they sold stock. And over 3,000 New Mexicans bought stock in Little Beaver Town.
0: And was that uh, what it was called at that point, or...?
1: Uh, no, it was actually called First American Indian Land. That was their um, name for this enterprise. And I have a copy of the the multi-page pros- prospectus for that was going to help them sell the stock, and it's quite poetic uh, how they describe uh, this place. But... Um, First American Indian Land was was going to be the name of it. And you know, today, uh, no company would name itself anything unless they first checked the acronym. But if you think of the acronym for First American Indian Land. Oh my God. uh, Oh dear. (laughs) Its failure might have been written in the cards. That is amazing. (laughs) But First American Indian Land, uh, when they, in fact, the prospectus shows a picture of the sign, uh, and it says First American Indian Land. But somewhere somewhere in between, and I'm not sure how that happened, um, First American Indian Land turned into Little Beaver Town. I think uh, they knew, well, they knew the popularity of Red Rider and Little Beaver, and so they wanted to pull that in. But when they started Little Beaver Town, um, they spent I think close to $3 million in 1960 dollars to buy, to lease the land. They never bought the land. They leased it from a company called Research Park uh, out east of uh, Albuquerque at the mouth of the Tejaris. And then they built the whole town. And these weren't just fronts like you'd make in a movie set, these were entire buildings. They had electrical power, they had water. you know, running water, they had sewage, I mean, it was, wow. it was like a little town and you're extending those services as a civil engineer. I'm very, <laughs> okay, yeah, very see this interested in this, Specialized. But they, they extended all those services way to the east that had not been to that area. Uh, how many of you remember Western Skies? Oh, um,
3: I know the street name and I knew there was a hotel there, right? Oh, were, huge yeah, hotel.
1: Kennedy stayed there. Yeah. Kennedy stayed there. Yeah, believe, Kennedy right? stayed yeah. there. That Everybody who hears Western <laughs> Skies, Kennedy stayed there. Um, <laughs> But it was now where the Smiths is, where Four Hills is hmm. south of I-40. Around
3: Tramway uh, and Central, is yeah. that right?
1: But nothing was east of that. So they bought that, or they leased the land, and they built this whole western town over there. And its opening day was July fifteenth, nineteen 1961. And uh, the newspaper, the Albuquerque Journal, the next day which was Sunday, said that over 5,000 people attended opening day. And I've got a photograph of the parking lot there, which is up towards Central, that is absolutely filled with cars. Wow. Wow. Um,
2: now, were you involved with it uh, from its opening, Troy? Yes, I was. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we had our, uh, our own personal rodeo. It was it's a in rodeo show going up there. And the Tribal Council, by proclamation decided they wanted to make that Indian rodeo show, Little Beaver Rodeo. Okay. This is so a... they did. And so Fred Harmon flew up there in uh, one of these little prop planes up there during that day. This is in, uh, and, in Dulce and, or yeah, Yes, in Dulce. Okay. And we rode into the Grand Entry right there and opened uh, little, the first Little Beaver Rodeo. Okay. And so right after that took place, we got on the plane and flew all the way back down here to Albuquerque. So, to make the deadline for to, for the grand opening of Little Beaver Town. Wow. And so basically the they I had the honors of cutting the ribbon, nice. you know, to to open up the Little Beaver Town. So you
0: were the first little
2: beaver yes. at Little Beaver Town. Yes.
0: So. And was there also a, a red rider who was with you at, yes. at Little
2: Beaver? Town? So yes. as a matter of fact, Fred was a, was there also, but he also had another individual who was Dave Saunders, who lives here in Albuquerque, and he had him played a part of Red Ryder.
1: And I think it's interesting to know how uh, Dave Saunders met uh, Fred Harmon. Um, As I said, Fred's house is uh, on Morningside Drive in southeast, and Dave Saunders was going to Highland High School and walking home with a bunch of his friends, and they knew that a famous person lived in that house. And so they dared Dave Saunders to go and knock on his door. <laughs> and, the, and so he says, I will. And he walked up and knocked on the door. Well, the other two scattered. And Fred Harmon answers the door. And uh, who are you? And what, what do you want? And Dave says, well, um, I'm here. And I'm, uh, it, it's funny that Dave had grown up on a ranch. And he had been a cowboy. He was an authentic cowboy. And so, of course, Fred was. And so the two had something to talk about immediately. They became friends. And later when um, there w- was a need to have a, a younger Red Rider represent that personage at the park, uh, Dave Saunders was a perfect choice. And, and he told Fred, he said, I really don't want to do this. I'm a cowboy, not an actor. And he says, so is Red Rider. Well, there we go. That's so cool.
4: Mike, I dare you to go to Julia Roberts (laughs) Ranch. So, uh, Rick, I remember Dave Saunders, though. I don't remember exactly how he came to be out there, but I know he was out there for quite some time.
0: Now, uh, it's Ricky or Rick? Rick Harmon. You were, uh, were you, was this within your lifetime when, uh, when... um, Little Beaver Town opened and everything. So, do you remember what uh, what it was like in the it, run up to Little Beaver Town opening? I,
4: I was probably what about twelve, yeah, yeah okay. about twelve when I first met Troy out there, and uh, my family used to come out about every summer, and it was like having my own amusement park, actually. But uh, I'd help out and stuff, but it was uh, it was quite an adventure. It was, it was like a like a not so much a movie set, but like a real little city, actually.
0: Yeah. So what was it like? What was uh, Little Beaver Town like?
4: It, I thought it was fascinating, really. Just, you know, with the shows that they'd put on and uh, the entertainment they'd have at the saloon and the, um, uh, the people that work there, you know, dressed in costume and that sort of thing. It, it was...
0: So it's kind of this old west village, and there'd be shows going on. Yeah, there'd be
1: can-can dancers in the Red Bull Saloon. They would have uh, guitar singers. They would have um, a magician would show up, Um, and they had a live band.
2: The park, the park consisted of two separate entities of there. One side was on the west side was a western town. Mm -hmm. The east side was a Indian village. Okay. So, the the people that came there had a choice to go see both worlds, so to speak, you know, in a little park. So during my, during the times that we do, like, gunfights and stuff like that for the people there and, and do some acting there in the streets and stuff like that, or in the bar saloon there, and so then I take my time off and I go to the Indian village and I do my performance over there, too, in the Indian village because we used to have Indian dances over there. And they served a lot of... Uh, traditional foods and also as they sold the products of jewelry and stuff like that on that side of the mm-hmm. village,
1: yeah. Well, five times a day uh, there would be a shootout. Uh, <laughs> the bad guys it's would just work. like Albuquerque now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's more than five times a day in the real town. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, my wow. so the the bank would be robbed and uh they actually i have a movie an eight millimeter movie so there were some pyrotechnics as uh, i guess that sweetened the deal there would be gunshots and pyrotechnics and um the bad guys would run out of the bank with the sacks of money and uh red rider would come out and there would be a shootout and um there was a script that played out. They would be wounded and then they would get back up. Um, Red Rider was wounded, and Little Beaver would come over and help Red Rider to get back into the sheriff's office. Um, and and it, it, it kind of reinforced the whole idea behind the comics, where uh, Little Beaver was a, a, a very important assistant to Red Rider and predated the Robin of, of Batman and the other of, yeah. hmm. you know youthful uh, sidekicks of other superheroes and um, there are I believe in the Indian community there are those who who don't care for Long Ranger's Tonto but no one has criticized Little Beaver because he was treated with respect oh, really? and, and given a very important role in the Red River Red Rider milieu,
0: so kind of a, a more
2: respectful approach than Tonto. Would you agree, Troy? Uh, I, I believe so because uh, I think it kind of uh, added character to the Red Rider comic strip because uh, a lot of the people that read the comic strip and stuff that were little little people too. Yeah, okay. You know the, the children. You know, sure. they, and so they had a hero of themselves for for Little Beaver. You know, because of things that he did for. Being as a sidekick to Red Rider, you know?
1: And so. As it was said, sometimes Little Beaver knew more than the adults. Uh, <laughs> read into that teachers and parents. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
0: So um, during the time that, that you were performing as Little Beaver, were, were you living, you must have been living in Albuquerque at that time.
2: Uh, yes. Um, at the time, we, uh, uh, since the uh, Little Beaver town opened, I had no choice but to live here with them because it was on a daily basis that I was out there.
0: So where were you living uh, exactly? At 700 Morningside Drive. Oh, so you were living with Fred Harmon yes. himself. I lived so. with wow. him and
2: everything. Crazy. And uh, I got, like I said, I've got to know them ever since I was a baby and and grew up with them. And after I started playing the part of Little Beaver and, uh, and living with Fred and Lola, uh, which, um, after a while they told me, uh, Lola's told me, start calling me mom. Wow! Mm-hmm. So she was kind of like my uh, uh, my mother, so when, like a little yes. adoption so, kind of yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. uh, that type wow. of scenario, and and uh, you know so everywhere we went, she took care of me, and and uh, I even used to take uh, classes at at ride to ride at home, and from Albuquerque uh, uh, high school or somewhere I don't remember which one, and then while I was living here, and uh, at the same time, the little Beaver Town was going on. We were also special guests at a lot of di- different local TV programs here, like the Dick Bales show. Uh, oh, I was going to ask Jim, about Dick Bills, Yeah, Yeah, Jim Purvis show, and uh, uh, there was a couple other more. The Captain something I can't remember his, but anyway, they used to have um, they used to, they used to have like a, a, a TV program where they showed cartoons or either that, uh, like um, the Jim Purvis show, where they had just almost like Roy Rogers. Type of filming and stuff like that, where he acted, you know, and so they, they we used to go down to these uh, TV programs down here, and I used to be a part of the guest there and and be a part of it, you know.
1: So Troy, if you were uh, Lola's. Son, yes. That makes you Rick's uncle. Yes. Oh, well, <laughs> I would think, Yes. Rick, do you agree? <laughs> They're the same age. No, he's not, <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
2: Okay. As a matter of fact, uh, the first time I ever met Ricky was uh, when I went to New York, and after we got through shooting all of our, our, uh, our uh, being in all of the programs over there, we used to cut the the uh, what do you call it? The subways, and we used to go underneath the. Uh, the Hudson River is that what it is yeah, it is. yeah used to, from there from the main town uh, New York City over to where they used to live in Manhattan oh okay yeah so, it was well, in like, Manhattan right Long Island Long Island you, yes. oh, Okay. and that, that's where I first met Ricky because you know that, uh, that's where his dad used to live and oh. so uh, since he was the, the biggest thing that uh, in charge of the uh, all the different program, the TV programs and sure. stuff like uh, so, anyway, that's where I first got to know Ricky. So, yeah. Rick, how did
0: you come to New Mexico?
2: Well, that wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> I originally came
4: out in 72 to visit with my grandparents for the summer and I actually just never went home. I drove back uh, later that summer to get the rest of my stuff and got enrolled in Port Louis College in Durango. I had all my credits transferred up there, and I've been out this way ever since. And you, you're, uh,
0: and you live in Albuquerque now? Is yeah, that... I, I moved here in 1975. Okay, oh, wow. so you're like a real Albuquerque, yeah, <laughs> person much. at this point. I know point. this place. Was uh, was kind of the mystique of Red Rider uh, any kind of draw for you to uh, to move out here? Was there something attractive?
4: Uh, well, from having come out here as a child, I really kind of was intrigued with the desert and the Southwest as a whole.
1: And I kind of had a feeling I'd end up here eventually anyway. (laughs) So, Uh, There's a story that Rick told me that I just think is a great story. Uh, Could you tell him the story about the... uh, He drives a cab in town. And so he was at the airport picking up a, a fare. And tell him that story.
4: Well, a lot of people, when they come out here, are a little delusioned, I think. Either that or they just miss geography class. <laughs> <And> I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had one lady trying to thumb through a Spanish American dictionary trying to ask me where there is a bank where she could get American money.
0: Wow. Oh, um, man. That's really missing geography so, class, though. If you fly out to a place and think that and it's. I, I a just different figured, country. She doesn't
4: think I speak English, so I just kept saying, see. <laughs> <"C."> see. <laughs> and when I got him to the Marat Pyramid up in the north side of town, uh, I collected the money from her husband. And I just turned around to her and said, well, Wells Fargo and Bank of America is right around the corner if you'd like me to take you there. <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> was this recently?
4: Uh, this was about uh, a year ago. About a year ago. During Balloon Fiesta. Oh,
0: amazing. I always I hear Bauer stories like Steve that. Power. And I was like, well, people we don't think Steve that Bauer. anyway. Steve Bauer. Who,
4: wanted,
1: who lives in your, your grandfather's
4: house. Oh, yes. I, oh. There was another one where um, the people that own my grandparents' house now presently over on Morningside. I picked him and his son up at uh, the airport one night. I was taking him home, and all of a sudden, I, dawned on me, I'm taking him to my old grandparent's house. So I, oh. I asked him uh, if the uh, fish pond was still in the sunroom. And they looked at me kind of weird. They said, yeah. I said, and, and to the left of the uh, fireplace, there should be a safe. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, in that little log room right off the sunroom, and they... How do you know so much about our house? It's, well, my grandparents used to live there, and I used to stay there quite often. So, and did he? Okay, so
0: and did he know uh, who yeah, the grandparents he, he connected were? Connected
4: two and two real quick. Okay, <laughs> so
0: he knew about Fred Harmon. Oh, yeah. And everything, yeah, I've right.
1: talked with the owner of the house, and uh, he knows he lives in a famous house.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. In fact, I have That's pictures so cool. of
1: it. I found at the museum, and uh, it was a brand, pretty much a brand new house. And there's a small wood fence around it. And if you go there today, you can't see. It's completely overgrown with uh, bushes, and you wouldn't even know that it's there except the picture that I found at the museum. By the way, uh, I'd like to put in a plug for the uh, Fred Harmon Museum. It's uh, in Pagosa Springs, and once you're there, you, you can't miss it. But it's a great little place. They charge you a whopping two dollars, I think, to go in, and you can actually see uh, his working studio, and many of his original oil paintings are still there on display. And uh, it's a great place to visit. It's certainly worth your two dollars. I'm cool. going.
3: That's great. Yeah, definitely.
0: Road trip, sitting on the edge. Road <laughs> trip. Uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and go back to Little Beaver Town. Um, so we've uh, we've talked about kind of how wonderful it was and what was going on there. What happened?
1: Well, actually, one thing I wanted to tell you about is it, opening Big Little Beaver Town was quite a big deal. The governor at the time, John Burroughs, mm-hmm. actually attended the groundbreaking. And he, I've got a picture of him in the Albuquerque Journal from May 7th of 1960, where he, he's actually attended the groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, re- remember that this was um, not just something for uh, Albuquerqueans to enjoy, but this was going to be a Route 66 yeah. tourist thing, and uh, all of the people wanted the tourists to be captured here for not just driving through, but stay a day, stay two days, sure. stay a week, enjoy Little Beaver Town. Um, and what what year
0: did it open? 61, you said? It opened
1: in 1961, uh, and of course, that was its Biggest year, I think, mm-hmm. and it only operated during the summer. So it would open in May and June, uh, or thereabouts, and it would close uh, by late September or early October. And th- there's a Cliff Hammond story.
3: Okay, so this Remember is Uncle, Uncle Cliffs, Cliff? yeah, good oh. old Uncle Cliff. Cliffs, the
1: amusement park. Okay. Um, Uncle Cliffs. I don't know how many people know this, but Cliff Hammond had in a small amusement park on Lomas and the 7000 block of Lomas right now there's a Valero gas station is that
0: there. right across from the fairgrounds
1: no it's it's across it's further east from okay. the fairgrounds it's uh, across from a nissan dealer i believe
3: Lomas and what do you know the cross streets uh no i don't know okay. it's
1: okay. like 7600 7000 okay. you you would not know that it used there's to be there there's nothing to see there <laughs> but but uh there were more like kiddie rides there were carnival rides mm. not like disneyland where you have a matterhorn but uh, Cliff Hammond was operating out of that. Uh, but the neighbors didn't care for it. It mm-hmm, was too sure. loud. And it stayed open until you know, maybe 9, 10 o'clock. And kids having a nice time. Yeah, kids oh, having a nice time. Sound. Horrible, horrible. Yeah. So <laughs> the neighbors pressure, pressured the city to kick him out. I guess they called it a zoning violation. And so he, with no very little notice, he was stuck. He, he had all of his equipment and didn't know what he was going to do. Well, uh, apparently the Little Beaver Town guys, Sudren, Hall and uh, and Harmon, got together and said, "Bring your stuff over to Little Beaver Town." So for one year, 1962, um, Cliff Hammond operated out of Little Beaver Town.
0: Okay, interesting. So all the all the um, Albuquerque amusement park stuff kind of converges in a way on that. Uh, and you'd think that Town? would
1: be that kind of happenstance. That would have been the rocket that shot them into prosperity. Right. right. I mean, well, no, they've,
0: they've got a lot of. Huh. They've got the rides. They've got the cool western town. They've got a, uh, a popular, uh, internationally popular property. He,
1: right. Well, actually, they they had a train. Now, this train was manufactured by the Alan Herschel Company of New York, and uh, Alan Herschel made carousels and all sorts of other rides. In fact, he made helicopter rides, car rides, everything. But uh, they bought this train from Alan Herschel for $25,000. Remember this, $1960. And they had it shipped out. And then they had to build a track. And this, they built a mile-long track around Little Beaver Town with the help of engineers from Santa Fe.
3: There's a video of that on YouTube, right?
1: A little short, like, yes, two-minute home video. you can see tra- the train going yeah. around, and I've got still photos of it. Cool. Yeah. But uh, it's called the 1865 train, and its model number was S16. And I'm working with the uh, inheritors of the Allen Herschel Company to try and see if we can locate that train. Right. And mm. if that happens, I'd be very, very happy. Cool
3: I remember hearing that. it was at Winrock at one point, too, that, oh. that he had... That he briefly before that he set up cliffs over on San Mateo that that all that was in in Winrock, which I think was built in the mid '60s, right?
1: Isn't that well? And, so we might, and might have postdated this. We can jump forward to the demise of Little Beaver. Town. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's I I have aerial photographs taken by a local photographer named Dick Kent, um, and he would often take aerial photographs. He would hire uh, an airplane and then shoot out of the windows of the plane. And he did it for, in the hopes that it would bring business, uh, but it's turned out to be an, a boon for historians. And he has um, pictures of Little Beaver Town taken October of 1963 uh, from all of the uh, cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. Uh, and, it, and it shows Little Beaver Town completely intact, but as a ghost town. There's not a human body anywhere any sign of humanity already anywhere. by
3: 63 October
1: so, of 63 two years, years. In other so words. I think it operated I have information that that it operated during that summer of 63 uh, but when it shut down for fall it never reopened and what why not what what happened uh, a couple of there's a famous uh, UNM um, Professor who did a story in the New Mexico Historical Review named uh, Frank Saz, Saz. Oh, Frank Saz. He's great. Saz. I knew
3: him before he died. Um, yeah. Very cool guy. He
1: he did an excellent article in the New Mexico Historical Review, and he doesn't know for sure. I can't find anything. There's a saying that success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. Yeah. And so what happened is everybody was standing there in line to take. Uh, take credit when it was getting started and everyone kind of scattered like cockroaches when the light comes on once the the financially failed. In fact, Fred Harmon had to put in a lot of his own money as this thing started going under in 62. He put in, he put his house up uh, on Morningside Drive uh, and got $47,000 and that wasn't even enough. The corporation at that point owed $215,000, oh, no. and so the 47000 just paid off the um, lease payments and arrears and, and kept Research Park from shutting them down.
3: I wonder if this is connected to the decline of Route 66 and the construction of the freeways, you know, because it, it be, Route 66 was becoming less of a recreational thing at that time, right? And, and we were getting this utilitarian freeway system getting put in that eclipsed so much of that, right?
1: Exactly. I, I think the off-ramps for tramway didn't really go to Little Beaver Town. The ramp that's there today is the ramp that they installed in the mid-60s, 62, mm-hmm. I believe it was. So it goes <coughs> off, and when you're eastbound, it goes off and then drops you off on tramway. So the tourists would have had to known to drive backwards against the frontage yeah. road to get to Little Beavertown. And so whereas it was on a two-lane Route 66 to start with, where you could just pull off, now you had to worry about off-ramps. And, you know, today we're very sophisticated, sophisticated about off-ramps, but then I think it confused a lot of the drivers in the 60s. It
3: was new. Yeah.
0: Death by off ramp. So what was your impression as uh, Troy, as uh, Little Beaver Town um, went on? Did you know that it wasn't going to be coming back in 1963?
2: Uh, uh, not really, because I just felt that uh, that the uh, with the change of of uh, the, the highway and stuff like that, a lot of construction started building up at the time. And like uh, what he was talking about, the, it seemed like it, everything was changing from Route 66 and going the opposite direction. And so basically, I think what uh, Little Beaver Town was put there for was to attract all the tourism off of Route 66.
0: And then it was and just. And
2: so up once there? all of that started changing, well, I, just, I believe that might have shut down Little Beaver Town yes
0: and so you were there for uh, uh, 1961 and 1962 and then
2: 1963
0: did you like they just said hey don't bother coming back yeah well (laughs)
2: that's that's kind of like basically my last year playing the part of Little Beaver too because I grew to age okay so Mm -hmm. how old were you actually I was probably about 13 13 yeah Little Beaver is. so I I traveled with uh, Fred Harmon for about Almost four or five years, and since then, um, I know it was Lola and Fred themselves were the one that uh, gave me the, the original. They called me the original little beaver. The original little beaver. Yes, because I traveled with with Fred throughout the country and and stayed with him the longest. Wow! And I've done so much with Fred, and and as far as uh, publicity was concerned and stuff like that. that Everybody started just gave me the name of the original Little Beaver.
1: I think the the death of Little Beaver Town was a a very deep uh, emotional blow to Fred Harmon. Uh, Mm. It really took the wind out of his sails because he stopped drawing the cartoon and comic strips that same year. In 1963.
4: And he just said,
1: "Um, I'm done. And he moved permanently back to Pagosa Springs. His house in Albuquerque had been foreclosed on, so that wasn't uh, too big of a decision. Because he put it up to save Little Yeah, but, uh, He moved back to Pagosa Springs and never came back to Albuquerque uh, to live. He may have visited, but uh, didn't come back. Uh, so it, it was a major change in his life. And not when you think about it in retrospect, not that bad, because... Uh, Fred Harmon today is one of our premier Western oil artists, and uh, his he has uh, paintings on permanent exhibit at the Cowboy Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City. Um, many uh, collectors have his works that sell now for tens of thousands of dollars, wow. um, uh, so <coughs> he doesn't have to... Have the failure of Little Beaver Town define him? Because he is a famous uh, Western oil artist, and that's how people should remember him.
3: And what a success it was before! Like, I mean, that what a I mean, like you said, it was the most popular comic strip of all time, basically, and uh, incredible. That, that's so cool.
1: But I think he really enjoyed oil painting. I mean, that's where he felt the best to doing that. And I have a lot of I've seen a lot of his permanent uh, or his. Um, personal letters uh when my visited the uh the museum up there and and you could tell that that was something that he really wanted to do more than anything else he had many exhibitions here in albuquerque um you know when he lived down here Uh, when he moved up to Pagosa springs there were less and less um but um he he finally moved to um Phoenix, Arizona, he and Lola moved to Phoenix, Arizona in the 1980s. And he died in 1982 at the age of uh, 79. And Lola lived on. In fact, Lola uh, suffered from Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And that's why Rick's father left New York and went to Pagosa Springs because that was to take care of his mother uh, in Pagosa Springs. And um, then Fred Harmon III became kind of the the leader of the museum, and I have a video of him showing people around the museum, so that was his new job at that time. Uh, Rick, did you visit the museum very often when your dad took it over? Oh yeah, I, at one point in time I spent two years in Durango. Uh,
4: I was working for Radio Shack at the time as a store manager up there, so I was pretty much in and out of there constantly as you know things progressed and made some improvements on the property and that sort of thing cool so
3: um
0: okay so that's what happened with the original red rider fred harman um i mean it sounds like in a way he was able to get in touch with uh a real passion of his oil painting after after the demise of Little Beaver Town and, and Red Rider. Um, how about the original uh, Little Beaver? What what? Where did your life take you after uh, after Little Beaver Town and um, uh, <laughs> no longer touring and so forth? Uh,
2: yeah, basically is that I uh, um, uh, I just decided to start working for my tribe, uh, Hickory Apache Nation, and then after that I was uh, I got uh, went into the Marine Corps. Wow. In 1966.
3: <laughs> Bad timing. Yeah.
2: And uh, after I was in the Marine Corps and finished my boot camp and everything uh, and and taking my training and uh, camp penalty, and I was shipped over to Vietnam wow. in 1967. And not knowing what I was going to get into over sure. there, who Who could have. Yeah, uh, I was only 19 years old at the time when I went over there, and...
3: Glad you made it back.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, and so that was kind of like a bad experience of my life there. And ever since, I saved uh, four years with the Marine Corps, and after that I came home, and of course uh, my but wife... The, went,
1: you did two tours in Vietnam. You didn't yes. just do the one you were obligated to. You went back.
2: Yes, I did. I went back for another six months over there, and instead of going up to the northern part of the Vietnam next to the DMZ, They kind of moved me a little further south, but it wasn't still not too far from the DMZ. Right. I spent most of my tour up there in Vietnam up there. And so uh, uh, after that, when I got out, like I said, I just came back and started raising my family, you know, my wife. Back at the time, yeah. Yeah. At the time, I had a little daughter. Oh. And I had never, I never saw my daughter until I got back home. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How old and, was she when you got back? She was probably about a year. year okay. Something like that. Well, you still got yeah. lots of
0: good quality time.
2: Exactly. So after that, I just kind of basically started working for my tribe. Great. And uh, the, the back in the, uh, 2000 uh, is when I uh, was elected to the, to the legislative council. Mm-hmm. I served my tribe for four years there. Wow. And after that, I uh, ran again. I got elected again. I was, so finally got retired in 2008. Okay. Yeah, so ever since then, I've been retired. That's fantastic. But, you know, not forgetting my past as Little Beaver, which right. I, I think was the most important thing of my life because Little Beaver had a lot to do with what, what Fred Harmon really set out to do. Mm-hmm. And it's continuing up to this day. We have the Little Beaver Roundup which is coming up next weekend.
0: And that started in nineteen fifty six. Nineteen fifty six. When you yes. were
2: the first little exactly. beaver there and that has
0: gone on every Nin- year.
2: Nineteen fifty six was when I started traveling in Fred Harmon. Nineteen fifty eight was when the tribal council made that officially uh, Little Beaver Roundup. Okay. They said, Well, Red Rider has a roundup up there in Pagosa, we want a little beaver roundup in our sure. town. So yeah, that's, that's all because
0: of me. A very real impact. Yes. And uh,
2: so tell me about it's, the... It's, it's still going on today. As a matter of fact, it's next week going to be 59th, the 59th annual. Little That's uh, July... July 14th. 14th. 15. And so tell me,
0: what it, if people are going to go up to, to Dulce? Or, or yes. It, uh, what would they, what
2: could they experience at the Little Beaver Roundup? I, I, I would imagine uh, the festivities. When it first began, all it was just like a, a ordinary Indian rodeo. Then after that, they put in the parade, and that was basically what it was. But as time went on, they put the carnival, and they started putting in the, the powwow. And they have, uh, after that, they put in the uh, softball tournaments, outdoor concerts, the, the long parade, wild horse racing. Wow. Yeah, and it's like 60 miles of wild horse racing and stuff like that. And, uh, and a lot of uh, the casinos since it's been up there now they have a lot of their uh special guests up there and country singers
0: now is it, am i right that they they have a little beaver uh, as part yes of this as a matter Someone of fact is...
2: every year they're supposed to uh, have a little beaver committee supposed to select uh, a tribal member that want want to play the part of the like little a, beaver. a kid yeah like a, a young, at, a young... at the rodeo grounds and Basically, what it is is that the little individual has got to know how to ride horse. Wow. Cool. You know, just to play the part of Little Beaver. And they, so that that Little Beaver lives on. Yes. So <laughs> cool. Up to this
1: day. By the fun. way, uh, we talked about Red Rider's horse being Thunder, um, and Little Beaver's horse was Papoose. Papoose. Papoose,
2: yes. And do they still have a Papoose as well? No. As a matter of fact, oh. I think it was on my second year that I was... Little playing the part of the little beaver she passed on. Oh that's uh, yeah, as a matter of fact Fred Harmon gave me that horse. Oh really? Yeah, since I traveled to him the longest, Oh you can have papoos. I said, Wow. So I took her home and and she just got Died of old age, you know. And so uh, we just buried her right there in the reservation. Yep. So, is there also a Red Rider
0: then as, as part of the Little Beaver Roundup, or is it just Little Beaver? No, it's just a Little just Beaver. Just Little Beaver.
1: Right. Yes. I
5: like that. Out yeah, yeah, cool. you,
1: you have to go to the Pagosa Springs rodeo to get yeah, a to get Red a, Rider. Yeah, Rider. separate. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Red Rider, uh, this Dave Saunders who uh, knocked on the door of Fred Harmon and became uh, the lanky cowboy that represented Red Rider. He's represented Red Rider now for over 40 years. Is he still alive? Yes. Oh. Uh, I visit him. He's in a um, uh, old folks' home over uh, by Juan Thibault. He and his wife are there together. They share a room. Oh, my God. And uh, I did a video interview with them, and uh, he is not speaking. Oh. You know, he, he seems to understand what you're saying because he'll nod his head, um, but uh, he doesn't. He's a man of few words. He always was, he's now even fewer. Um, but his wife is um, very, very loquacious okay. and uh, answered all of my questions. So she's she's a real, um, uh, real interesting person. I enjoyed my time with her. Wow. But now. Dave Saunders, there's a story about Dave Saunders when little Beaver down closed down and he wanted to continue doing this he had his own radio show in town oh. uh, he called it the cowboy way I think it was called mm-hmm. um, and he also did some writing and did a book uh, he basically believes in you know good manners and treating everybody with respect and um, and so he that's was his basis of his cowboy way um, but uh, there's a story that I enjoy, which is the State Fair. He performed at the State Fair as Red Rider, telling Western stories. Oh yes. And so I'm not sure if anybody knows or went there when he was there, but he would perform under one of the tents and um, tell his Western stories. And he had his cowboy hat on and his <laughs> um, gun belt with his gun. Oh. So one day he's walking, in 1993, he's walking into the state fair with his gun. Oh, boy. And uh, a, the two young state police officers come over and say, Sir, you can't come in here with that gun. And he says, this is my costume. And they said, well, not with a gun, it's not. And he says, but I'm Red Rider." And both of these guys who were in their 30s in 1993 had no idea yeah. who Red Rider was. Right. Oh, that is...
3: Uh-huh.
0: Stupid, relentless march of time. You know, like that is a that's a
1: sad story. I'll
3: tell you who remembers uh, Little Beaver Town, though, are the co- the collectors of like Albuquerque paraphernalia here in town. I know a couple of people, Rick Holben and Nancy Tucker, who have every postcard and every little scrap that they can find of that place, original placemats and things like that. That's uh, where I first heard of it. They just had these extensive collections. Probably there's probably a postcard with a picture of you on it. I think I wouldn't doubt it. If you go one to the um, at least.
0: There's a there's an antique store, red brick antique store, used to be the townhouse restaurant uh, on Central and just east of Carlisle, it's at I Morningside. believe. Morningside. Oh, okay, I, perfect.
1: Ron um, Worthington. Or Ron. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Anyway, I, I've talked with him, and he's got a. Little Beaver Town advertising sign, a wooden That's what I was sign. what of, the big that sign. That was on like an A-frame and wheels. And right. they used to roll it out to bring people off of Route 66 and roll it back. And I've got in those uh, October of 1963 aerials, it's very clearly sitting there. And oh. it is cool. the very sign that was there. It was rescued by a UNM art professor who knew it had value. And he turned it over to Harrington and said... I will let you display this as long as you promise never to sell it.
0: So you can go oh. see it at that at yes. that antique found store, House and there antique. it is.
1: And, and this then. is an authentic um, admission card, which oh. I found. And there's you. Oh, man. <laughs> we <laughs> got to <laughs> get a picture
3: of this at and the put, this, yeah. put this up yeah. with and, the
1: and I, podcast. And I love that I have one of the originals. Unfortunately, in all of my research, I was never able to find out the admission charge. And this... It doesn't have one either. Do you remember, uh, so that, Troy? How much uh,
3: did it cost to get in? Was that? Do you remember how much it cost to get in?
1: Uh, I think yeah. it was like dollar
2: twenty-five
3: oh, yeah. or something. Yeah.
2: like that. $1. fifty. Free for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know, there's a guy that works up in Duluth right now. He's a, uh, uh, a prosecutor for the courts, and that that guy, he's a he's a kind of like, basically he was a judge and also a prosecutor and. And a spokesperson like that in court system. And anyway, this this gentleman that came up to me that one day, he told me, he says, "You know what?" He says, "I remember Little Beaver Town. I, says, I I was so excited that I took my have my dad take me out there. I saw you there when I when you cut the ribbon. Mm-hmm. I went up there and I shook your hand and I took a picture with you. And here I am again." He said, "You are the first... Apache guy that I ever saw in my life <laughs> and he's working up in oh, wow. Dozy now yeah so, and he, you know I go talk with him every now and then and, and I still do want my picture yet so and then not to mention also is that my son who is Jason over there uh, my son Jason played the part of Little Beaver for five years oh too. no kidding yeah so he, he played the part uh, for Little Beaver the well, longest one next uh, along with me, you know. Really? He kind of followed my footsteps. And Aww, we supported him, his man, his mother. And and then I have two other daughters, and they were also rodeo, rodeo queens, were little okay. people. And they rode the parades, and they barrel raced and stuff like that. And, and also, my oldest daughter, she was also the uh, Rio Reba rodeo queen. Wow. And so she participated in the state fair. So you
0: had a lot we. of performers.
2: Uh, basically, going, yes. Going my on. family, yes. <laughs> yeah. we, we did we did this uh, just because we wanted to. Sure. You know, and not only that, to is to represent our tribe. Sure. Of cool. all different activities. So
1: uh, I have a question. Do you remember how much you were paid to be Little Beaver at the Little Beaver Town?
2: You know, basically, I didn't really know. Although, you know, that... Uh, I did get some funds and, and of course uh, Lola's the one that took care of most everything for me because I was just too young, you know.
0: Right, sure. So,
2: you know, she put in a bank for me and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and but as far as seeing the dollar figures, no, I don't know. It was just that I enjoyed it yeah. because I wanted yeah, to. Great. You know, it, it I, money wasn't nothing to me then. Well I was gonna say you know not what like I mean. anybody
0: got rich off it, but it Oh yeah, it sort yeah. Of made yeah, an impact, yeah right,
2: know? so I, I didn't get a rich off of it, no. I just, <laughs> I just I enjoyed playing the part of Little Beaver. What
3: know? a neat was, part of Albuquerque history, too. You know uh, that, that we have. Yes.
2: Little did I know, you know, that uh, when uh, when uh, Rolling first got in contact with me about the uh, uh, he was doing the story on uh, Route 66, and that's when he popped into my mind. I said, "Wow!" I says, "I didn't. I never really thought I would be a part of Route 66."
5: Yeah. You know,
2: as, as an individual. But and playing yet. the part of the Little Beaver did make me part of that history.
0: Pretty yeah. impactful right. part, I'd say.
2: So that—that's why we're here now. So yeah. what?
1: What's left of that place? That's
0: exactly oh, what I was going to uh, ask.
1: Great question. Uh, I I wished I would have handed you a, a note that said, <laughs> "Ask that <laughs>
5: all natural."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's your journalistic background. Yes. Um, so uh, I'm glad to announce that Open Space has purchased that property. And uh, they didn't really purchase it because it was Little Beaver Town. They purchased it because it was a way to connect the open space that they already owned on Tierras Canyon with um, a right-of-way, basically what is now the old 66, which is now the, uh, what do they call it, 333, that goes up into the canyon if you don't want to take the freeway. Um, and on July 9th, Sunday, I will be leading a walk of that site with Ranger Bill Pentler. And we're going to go over the site and uh, with pictures that I'll bring and talk about what uh, Little Beaver Town was, what it looked like if you were standing there back in 1961. Uh, and what it looks like today, because you'll be standing there. So July ninth, nine o'clock, uh, just parked right there at the uh, open space center off of 333 uh, East of um, Four Hills.
3: That is so cool. That's great.
4: I love that. Yeah.
3: I've seen like a couple of the foundations. Like I've walked around back behind that that complex there at the Four Hills uh, area, at Tramway and Central, but. Nice.
1: Did it just go to ruin really quickly or was it? Well, remember that orphan comment I made earlier? Yeah. Um, no one seen, there's a lot of articles in the, the journal and the Tribune during the time that it was being pr- uh, set up and built and open. And then almost nothing. In fact, there is nothing about little Beaver town after that. Now people have told me that some of those buildings burned. And unfortunately, the uh, Albuquerque Fire Department does not keep records of fires more than five years old, so it's way too late for that. Um, Other people tell me that uh, the buildings were actually disassembled and hauled off somewhere. And obviously that uh, 1865 carnival train went somewhere, but we don't know where. I did find that the stagecoach that they used was taken to the East Mountains and used in a, another Wild West town called Frontierland, set up by Mario Jesu who had a pizza place out oh, the there. The best
3: pizza place of all and time. And thank you, Mike, for that. Marco Mike helped
1: me figure that out. <laughs> uh, and I contacted uh, his daughter, who currently owns a restaurant in Moriarty. And um, so. Uh, I've, the, the stagecoach exists. I know where that is. Although it, now that it's gone from frontier town, frontier land, I don't know where it went. So um, it, it turned into the the Red uh, Bull Saloon, as they called it, which was a two-story, quite large building up closer to central than the rest. Uh, that survived uh, longer, and in in fact, it became a place where you could hold parties. So I have articles about um, the you know, various um, charitable groups having their um, special events there at that place. And some teenagers at the time uh, in the late 60s remember it being called Sage City and uh, they would go there for teenage dances for a number of years. So if you were in high school in the late 60s and early 70s, you may remember it as Sage City. Uh, unfortunately, it got kind of a bad reputation as a place that you know to hang out and um, underage drinking, and so other things bad happened there. In fact, I bumped into a bartender um, up in the in the East Mountains. And he told me that he remembers riding motorbikes, he says, in a place just at the mouth of the terrace. And his friends called it Little Beaver Town. So, so did he too. But he didn't know why it was called Beaver Town. They just rode their bikes there. Well, it's that same plateau.
0: I've heard it referred to as Beaver Town by people who used to go out uh, to that canyon in the 70s. Like, they would, And then they had uh, the people I knew uh, had no idea of its connection to, you know, Red Rider or any of that. It was just sort of this so name cool. that survived on.
3: So interesting. Frontierland would be a good episode in itself. Almost, that's a really interesting. Weird. It was like a Yogi Bear themed uh, theme park up in the mountains, right? Like the, and they got a lot of the stuff from from uh, Little Beavertown. They had uh, I know Ross Ward who created Tinker Town, painted all their signs, and you can still see some of those off in the trees down there.
1: Well, and and I I was thinking that maybe some of the buildings had been disassembled and taken over there, but uh, I walked the site, it's pretty much, a there's not much left there, uh, and I got a lot of pictures from his daughter, and I don't recognize any of the buildings. And again, these buildings were built... With you know two by four studs, sixteen inch on center and bracing, and these were buildings intended to remain, not ones easy to pull apart and reassemble somewhere else. And so uh, I doubt if anybody really did reassemble them as buildings anywhere.
0: Well, I wow. think um, we're going to be wrapping up here, and I just want to thank you, Troy, right. and, uh, and Rick, and uh, Roland so much for coming out and talking to us. I know, Troy, uh, you brought your whole family. We've got Loretta and yeah. Jason, is it? Yeah, Jason. Uh, yeah, Jason, also a little beaver, which I didn't realize, uh, that you guys drove all the way down from Hickory and Dulce. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Um, and let's see, July 9th is your talk at the Little Beaver Town site. And what is the address? 9 a.m.
1: Uh, How well, How do you find it? The address won't help you too much. It's 14,600 uh, central. central. But basically, if you keep going along Central, don't get on the freeway. Um, when you pass the Four Hills Shopping Center, take 333, and it's only less than a half a mile. Look for it on the right. Um, Open Space has promised that they're going to put up signs to direct traffic, and uh, I expect it's going to be quite popular because, uh, Ty, you attended the talk at the museum. Standing and it was room only. Standing room only. We violated fire codes that
0: night.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, it, I think it's going to be popular, too, for this walkthrough.
0: And July 14th is the Little Beaver Roundup in Dulce. Yes, it's
2: coming
1: the
0: weekend, um, yeah. You say you can't miss it. You just go into oh. town there and it's I happening. I did it to come. <laughs> okay. It's a well-timed
2: episode. Actually. Yeah,
4: great stuff, so... Rick, do you have
3: anything final to add? I know you, you haven't had a mic, a mic the whole time here.
4: Oh, I just uh, kind of enjoyed the interview here. I, I've actually learned a few things myself. Fantastic. This is already my favorite. Episode.
5: Yeah, thank you so much. So fascinating. <laughs> thank you, guys. Hollywood should remake this and give Troy a part. Yeah, I in think so. In the Red Rider definitely. Little Beaver movie. Yeah,
1: definitely. Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm amazed by this man. Not only was he Little Beaver at the age of 11, but he served his country in Vietnam. Absolutely. And went twice so good for him
0: amazing great. amazing life I think yeah definitely um, very cool story there I think you're ago. all
3: great I'm really happy that you're all here today thanks so much for being here awesome.
2: well it was it was a pleasure for me because I I feel that the legacy of Red Rider and Little Beaver has uh, got a lot to do with history you know yeah and, and 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 that's where it's been all this time you know and and I, I even told Norma, Who's uh, still running the Red Rider Museum up there? That any time that she wanted me to come up there to do some public speaking mm-hmm. on behalf of the museum, I'd be more than willing to do that. You know,
3: great. That's great. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, well, thank you again. I guess um, cue the music.
0: Yeah, <laughs> cue the music. Exactly. So. We've got a lot of great uh, photos and things of Little Beaver Town. We're going to be sharing those over the course of the next week or so on the Facebook page, but also on our Instagram account. We're going to have lots of pictures on that. That's City on the Edge podcast um, on your Instagram, so please follow us. And as always, thank you so much to our listeners for continuing to check in, and thank you especially to our patrons, Joshua Haland, April... Rachel Langer, Lando Enchantment, Amy Nevitt, Jim Robillard, Noah Patterson, Jesse Crawford, Ryan Schiff, Sierra Nets, Ben Tucker, Alexandra Samoyoa, Christopher Suski, Jessiman, Farrell M. Smith, Amy Gabe, Isaac Clark, Roland Pentela, uh, and Sandra Dodd. So thank you guys so much for that, and if you want to help support our podcast you can check us out at patreon.com slash city on the edge that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash city on the edge and every little bit helps you can help us out for as little as a a dollar a month and it's it's a huge help for us so and now as always we're going to be queuing up our closing music blue flowers by lady uranium you can get her album at ladyuranium.bandcamp.com